Hello everyone and welcome to the Teacher Forest Podcast. I'm Alfonso Magubat, the host of this podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you my experience at Edutech Philippines, an international conference held at the SMX MOA in Pasay City, Manila. I was able to record myself live in some of the sessions and was able to provide some analysis of some of the talks that I attended during the event. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the Teacher Forest Podcast. I'm here at Edutech Philippines at the SMX in Pasay City, Manila. It's a two-day educational technology event and I've just presented my talk on Every Voice Matters, Technology and Inclusion Inside the Classroom. Now that it's day two of Edutech Philippines, I'm going around different booths and looking at different stalls and different school suppliers as well. At the same time, I'm also going around and listening and popping in in different talks as well. Uh, just a few, uh, I guess, 30 minutes ago, I had attended a talk on professional, devel- on professional development. Now I'm just waiting for Father Benigno Beltran, SVD, who will be talking about design technology. Later on, we'll be listening in on Mike Gilmore, um, Deputy Principal of GEM Singapore. So it's going to be an interesting talk today. While we wait for Father Bill Tran to go up on stage and give his talk on design thinking, I just want to share some of my early reflections on Edutech. So yesterday it was pretty crowded. There were a lot of people. This being the first time that Edutech made a free conference here in the Philippines. I've been monitoring Edutech for quite some time and I know that they've always been an expensive conference. This time they made it free and yesterday there were really a lot of people, as in a lot of people. Just to get inside the SMX uh, arena, or sorry, uh, SMX conference rooms took about 30 minutes. Even as a speaker, I still had to fall in line with the speaker and VIP passes. But all in all, it was a great experience because I was able to meet a lot of people. I was able to meet a group of teachers who were interested in educational technology and inclusion inside the classroom. I had a really wonderful chat with them and they were able to share some of their challenges also. Okay, we're going to start with Father Beltran in a few minutes. I'm going to put him on recorder so that we can also listen in on his talk. Design thinking 
first find out the goal why you have to make design thinking crucial to your teaching. We have to promote creative mindsets in the classroom. I wrote the book, The Lighting of the Fire. It's available at the YouTube. Education is not the feeling of the bucket, but the lighting of the fire. You do not feel the heads of your kids with information that they can Google in seven seconds flat. You're wasting both of your times. You have to light the fire. And the lighting of the fire means teachers have to arouse the curiosity of your learners, help them de develop their own frameworks of meaning, and make sense what they learn so that they can help in the critical redesign of our human presence as a vital participant in this universe. Okay. Your teacher, your task is to build better human beings and these better human beings with the right values will design a better world because if we continue living like this, the human race will become extinct. with Sir Ken Robinson. He says that schools are killing creativity. We need creativity now more than ever. It is just as important as literacy. But the way you teach, the way the educational system is run, kills creativity according to Sir Ken Robinson in his TED Talks for teachers. Do schools kill creativity? The most watched TED presentation ever. 57 million views. And he said, we are educating people out of their creative capacities. We make them come forward. We judge them by their ability to regurgitate what we have told them in the classroom. So, we do not come out with creating politicians, creating accountants and engineers. They are used to doing what they are taught in schools. Father Benigno Beltran is still talking and I stepped out for some fresh air. So Father Benigno Beltran talked about design thinking in the classroom and in education. One of the key takeaways that I got from his talk was redesigning. Redesigning ourselves, redesigning the way we teach, redesigning the way our students learn, and in the hopes of redesigning the current educational system that we have. To give a brief background about Father Beltran from the way I've interacted with him in the past during last year's FIT conference, I know that Father Beltran is a priest who works for a parish organization 
in the Smoky Mountain area. So the Smoky Mountain area is a former garbage dump site and now house or hosts a thriving community. So Father Beltran's goal is really to help students in that thriving community achieve many different things such as digital learning, digital competencies, and also in different ways of performing arts and help. And he also helps them by sharing their stories to different organizations. So Father Beltran was able to share like how he was able to compose a book or sorry, a music composition and had one of our country's top singers sing it so that they could all so that they could also help the community that he supports. He was also able to write a book about his experiences working in the Smoky Mountain community and share that with with different people and was eventually awarded um, in London a few years ago. So his talk was really interesting and it resonated with a lot of teachers, most especially those issues that he talked about, such as over fatigue, the stress of teachers, the lack of payment, the lack of a good salary. So his message resonated that if we are able to redesign and rethink the way we teach and learn, then we would have an easier time to teach and we would be able to transform the education of our students and eventually lead to a shift in the trans- in the education of the Philippines. After stepping out of Father Beltran's talk, I immediately went to another area in the EdTech conference to attend a professional development breakout session. However, the speaker was unable to make it, and so I had to go back to the keynote area where Mike Gilmore was currently talking. Unfortunately, I was only able to attend the tail end of his talk, but nevertheless, I was able to listen and hear him talk about innovation and collaboration. Here's Mike Gilmore. And so I want to talk about Twitter really briefly. Can I have an indication, hands up? Is anyone here on Twitter and use it? Because a lot of us are on Twitter and don't use it. Okay, a few of us. Twitter is an amazing platform. Uh, the, the best platform I found in terms of social media, which allows you to connect daily with educators around the world, like-minded educators. Um, I have had some amazing collaborations come through Twitter, just connecting with people, sharing what you're doing in the classroom. And someone on the other side of the world will say, hey, will you teach me how to do that? Or hey, I've done something similar. Do you think we could talk about this? It's a wonderful opportunity for you um, to collaborate externally. So that's really important because we will not be an excellent organization unless we can collaborate effectively internally, which takes intentionality, and externally as well. And the easiest option externally is our social media platforms. We also need to have a deep desire to learn, right? If, if we want to be true collaborators and we keep telling our children, you know, we want you to be a lifelong learner, we want to inspire you to learn, be enthusiastic about learning. As educators, we have to model that, right? Because kids will do way more of what we do than what we say. They watch us. And so if we are modeling, collaboration, modeling, learning, right? That's so vital. And that sense of learning and that desire to learn drives our collaboration. And lastly, the third and final 
uh, 21st century skill that I want to talk about is innovate. We have to be innovators, and we know that, right? That's why we're at this conference. We want to innovate. We want to do things differently. We want to find out better ways that we can educate students. The statistic, I think if I get it correct, was just under 28 million students currently enrolled in schools throughout the Philippines. Is that right? That is huge. That is, that is like five times the size of Singapore. That is absolutely massive. But what an opportunity. Imagine if those 28 million students were all empowered to be creative innovators of the future who came out of a school that was excellent. Imagine what the future would look like. Imagine how we can change and inform culture. That's amazing, but that's a big task as well. Um, the statistic that comes out of the Harvard Business School um, says a professor Professor Christensen actually, who, who came up with it and did the research, 95% of product innovations fail in their first attempt. So when we talk about innovation, we have to also think about our school's culture. It comes back to relationships, right? It comes back to that foundation of trust that we put in place. Because unfortunately, many schools are risk averse. So we're saying to the children all the time, hey, we want you to get creative. We want you to innovate. Come, what are you doing? But our actual organizations are so fearful of risk and so safe that we're not actually encouraging our students or our staff to innovate. You know, when we think about innovation as well, we so often think about the large-scale innovations. We think about Tesla, right? We think about Google. These huge, large-scale innovations. But yet there are innovations, daily innovations, that you can be implementing or thinking through or collaborating on that can influence your organization. I'm sure there are things you can think of right now. Think about your school. Let's take a little minute. Think about your school. What doesn't work in your school? What's not working? You see, that's a perfect opportunity for innovation because innovation really is the world, an intersection between the world's need and your creativity. That's innovation, right? When you see a need, you get creative. Where it connects, we have innovation. So think about small daily things that you can do to innovate your practice. How can I engage with that student better? How can I, how can I teach this le lesson better? What can I do to connect with that student? As a school, what can we do better? Lacking that excellence, that consistency, that intentionality that, and that uh, aspiration. Where are, we, where are we, we lacking that? Right now, Mike Gilmore is still on stage and he was able to talk about 21st century skills. I was able to catch the last few minutes of his presentation, which talked about innovation and collaboration. He was able to share the different practices that showed how innovation happens and also how collaboration works in a 21st century learning environment. It was really interesting to hear him talk about the use of Twitter and how it could be able to extend our professional learning network. In terms of innovation, he was talking about how his school would think about different problems that they're experiencing, and this would lead to new ways of thinking and doing as well. Seeing Mike Gilmore and hearing him on stage was really exciting because the times that I had interacted with him were always on Twitter. Seeing him on stage was really exciting because this time I could see a leader, an educational leader, working and talking about change happening inside his own school.
So this is the beauty of EduTech, and I'm really glad that I was able to join this conference this year. I really can't wait to join next year, and I hope that I could also become a to be a speaker once again. So this is Teacher Alfonso of the Teacher Forest Podcast signing out from EduTech Asia Philippines. Besides attending the different keynotes and breakout sessions in EduTech, I was also able to share my talk on technology and inclusion inside the classroom. Here is a audio recording of that session taken from the video that I will be uploading on my YouTube channel soon. Have a great time listening to this one. So good afternoon everyone. Once again, I'm Alfonso Maguban. I'm the DP or the IDDP coordinator at Peace School Manila. So this is a small school in Mandaluyong and I've been working here for maybe four years already. So in today's session, we're going to be looking at inclusion inside the classroom and what it looks like today. My classroom and the student who challenged me. So I'll be sharing a short story about technology and inclusion and how I got really interested in this topic. And the last part is examples of technology that support inclusion inside the classroom. So after sharing the story of my student, I hope you will also be able to share some ways that I was able, or technologies that I was able to use inside my classroom that would help um, students who have different learning needs and learning styles. So I hope you're all interested and let's get ready to start. So in the past, before I worked in Peace, I was working for a different school. This school was um, a normal school. And in the past, we all know that that all students would go to this school and we would all have the same um, tasks, we would have the same abilities, and uh, it would be very clear cut. And at the same time, we also know that there was a clear delineation that if you had a learning needs or a learning or a special needs such as autism, um, blindness, speech deficiency, then you would go to a special school. And this is the this is the current model, or this is the model that a lot of our schools still utilize today. However, after leaving my school, I moved on to a different institution that now has a mainstream program. When we talk about mainstream program, we talk about students both with the normal learning needs and those with special educational needs together inside one classroom. So there is no such thing as bringing them to a special school anymore because in our school itself, we hope to be able to support these students with learning needs and capabilities in the same way that we would support any normal student. And now we begin to look at what inclusion means. So now that we're working in a mainstream school where all learners have um, are catered to and are also um, addressed, we would now look at the definitions of learning needs and inclusions. So in one website, it says here, an inclusive classroom, both teachers and special education teachers work together to meet the needs of students. In another definition, 
we also it also regards students with and individuals with disabilities and secures opportunities for them. And for the International Baccalaureate, a prestigious international organization, has defined the inclusion inside the classroom as one that is an ongoing process that aims to increase access and engagement in learning for all students by identifying and removing barriers. So therefore, when we think about inclusion inside the classroom, there is no distinction between a teacher who has a bad background and a teacher who just has an ordinary educational background. Background about me, I don't have a SPED degree. I actually have a social studies degree, so I've been a history teacher for quite some time. And when I moved out of this school that I worked in and started working for TEAS, I started learning the different ways and how to support students with different needs. So I've had students who've been through the different spectrums of autism, I've had a student with Asperger's. I've also had a student who was blind, which therefore leads me to this story. In my classroom last year, I had the student, or I had majority of my students, and myself included, this is what we would normally see, a very complete picture. But what if suddenly our view was only this size? So today, I'm going to share with you a story of my student who really challenged me to think about inclusion and accessibility inside my classroom. Take note that this boy came to us with that kind of view, that minuscule view, and it was very difficult for him to really underscore, to engage with his classmates. And therefore, as a teacher inside the mainstream classroom, I took it as a challenge for me to try and make sure that every voice matters and that every student is included. So at the start of the school year, this student of mine, this student of mine came with this magnifying device, as you can see there holding it. So this device basically magnifies the text um, like any digital camera, but it does nothing. And with his views slowly deteriorating as the months go by, it became cumbersome and challenging for him to engage in the lessons and also with his classmates. Because now his, um, the text that he was interacting with or the students he was talking with were quite difficult already. And therefore, I asked his parents and also our learning support team, how can we help our, this student of mine? The parents said, teacher, we have an iPad. Maybe you can, maybe would that help him? Um, being a teacher who loves technology, I started looking at Apple's own accessibility features. I studied it, I, I studied it really well. I looked at different teachers from around the world who are also doing the same thing and decided to try it out. So therefore, when we talk about inclusion inside the classroom, it's important that we also talk about accessibility and how the technology that we sometimes take for granted when we use it just for Netflix, for Facebook, or even for checking social media, can actually be a really helpful tool for our students to engage, interact, and work with one another. And therefore, you 
using the knowledge of accessibility of different technologies, I started using different apps such as Google Classroom, Google Docs, Google Forms, and transforming the learning engagements so that there would be a digital function as well. And therefore, I started with something basic, like using the iPad to zoom in on text so that this student, who is so used to having his magnifier, can use his gadget to just simply zoom in on the, on the text that he's reading. So he was able to do that. But of course, we know that as, you're, as he continues to do that, it adds strain to his already um, barely working eye. And therefore, I asked him to go to, I got his iPad again, and I turned on some features which would help him, which led him to do the text-to-speech. So working with his shadow teacher, his shadow teacher would simply highlight the text here, and it would talk to him. Apart from what is stated in the chart, in what way is organism A different from organism B? And with that, my student now has the, has the capability to not just read anymore, but to also listen to different texts. And therefore, all of the work that I give him from the handouts based the on the information above to the ebooks, he would now have different, or he would now have a text that would talk back to him. And with that, I was really motivated and asked and looked at the current applications that I was using inside my classroom. Now, most of the examples that I've shown you are just basic assessments, like quizzes. But what if I needed my student to, let's say, share something that requires him to write an essay? And therefore, I looked at an app called Flipgrid, and instead of him writing his text, I would have him record him and sharing his explanation. So this is my student now. student is record, recorded himself sharing what he knows and understands about the topic and what he um, so this topic was all about um, if I'm not mistaken man and his environment so he was sharing a prompt from him and then using different technologies as well such as Google Slides I now had my students create different ways for him to express himself because the because of his iPad and the internet and all of the different technologies inside our classroom, he was now able to create these things with the help of the teacher and also his shadow teacher. So you can see from this, um, from this, from these examples alone, that technology no longer is a barrier. At, Helping students is no longer a barrier for teaching students with different needs. When we really think about our students and how they best express themselves, there are different ways and technologies that would help them and would help um, that would help with collaboration as well. And so with different apps that help us, such as these apps here, we are able to create a classroom that is inclusive, that allows students 
to really maximize the learning. It also allows students to create different simulations and also think about the content that they are engaging with so that they can also become producers of, producers of knowledge as well. So here are some of the applications that I've used inside my classroom. And the, some of my favorite apps here are, of course, the Google suite of apps, such as Google Classroom, a learning management system, Google Forms, especially if you want assessment done quickly. Google Forms allows you to create quick surveys, exams, and quizzes, and it will already check it for you. Now, if you want to take it further, I would also use Edpuzzle as well, wherein I would use YouTube, Power, I would utilize the power of YouTube and using Edpuzzle together with it, I would be able to create quizzes that my students could answer using what they've just seen, heard, or watched from. And to tie it all up together, I would also use Seesaw. Seesaw is an app that uses, that is a portfolio for students wherein they would be able to explain different processes, they would be able to share what they're learning, and they could also show this to their parents as a way of, um, of showing their progress and development inside the classroom. When I look at my student now, you can see that the technology that he uses inside the classroom is no longer a barrier for learning. In fact, it has helped him engage with his classmates. His classmates himself have responded positively to him as well, and they don't treat him differently either. And therefore, when we use technology inside the classroom and we think about its purposeful integration in it, then we would be able to create a classroom wherein every student is supported, differentiation happens, and all students are able to express themselves in a, in a, in a way that they find comf comfortability in. So therefore, just to end my, just to taking it home. Therefore, technology allows students of all learning abilities to express themselves in a manner they're comfortable with. When we use different technologies that allow them to draw instead of to write, or that allow them to take a video of themselves instead of having to draw, then they would be able to express themselves in a way that is comfortable, that they enjoy as well. So this is also a way for us to really rethink the assessments that we are doing inside the classroom. Do we really need to have that 10-point quiz or that 15-point or that 30-point unit test? Maybe there's a different way wherein we can really tap our students to show how they understand the lesson or to focus on the process rather than the product. The second point that I want to drive also is that when we think about technology and it's how it can be used inside the classroom and really making sure that we differentiate, our students would therefore be able to engage in a content in their own way and how they understand it. And therefore, it's important that when we really think about this or how we plan our lessons, we have to make it in a way that it is engaging for our students, that all students would be able to um, understand it easily, carefully, and also work with others so that they have also different perspectives and modes of understanding. 
And lastly, a point, this is the point that I would really like to focus on, is that I want our, my students, most especially, to become producers of knowledge instead of being consumers of it. In the 21st century, the skills of collaboration, communication, critical skills, critical thinking, and analytical thinking are now more important than content knowledge um, inside the classroom. Therefore, we, have, we teachers really have to push ourselves to think about how our students can best express themselves and show their understanding, not just to the school, but also in the community at large. By becoming producers of knowledge rather than consumers of it, our students, therefore, would become uh, would be able to come up with works that would become beneficial to the community at large. So just before I end my talk, I just want to share this one last thing that uh, really struck me. So here is a video from Apple that shows how accessibility features in our technology can really show off our creativity and really help us be um, be expressive of ourselves. People think that having a disability is a barrier. But that's not the way I see it. You can catch up with friends. Ready? You can capture a moment with your family. One face, small face, focus lock. And you can start the day bright and early. You can take a trip to somewhere new. can concentrate on every word of a story. A bird began to sing. Jack opened his eyes. You can take the long way home. <laughs> or edit a film like this one. When technology is designed for everyone, it lets anyone do what they love, including me. Beautiful video. So, just to end, when we really think about technology inside the classroom, Let's not look at the tablet or the phone that our students are using as a distraction device. But it is now up to us to really think about how these technologies that we have inside the classroom can be used as a tool to make sure that all students will be benefited from or will be able to express themselves in a way that, that really makes them comfortable. Now going back to my student Enzo, when I was his teacher last year, his parents were really happy with the technology that he was using. 
they were amazed because they didn't know that his tablet was able to do the, all of those things. They were amazed that with the applications, when you really think about how it is utilized inside the classroom, the purpose behind it, the objectives of your lessons, and when used carefully and planned really well, they were able to see that Enzo was an expressive boy and that he, he was also um, very a good communicator. He was also able to share all of his hobbies and interests. And he was able to share a story such as this with different people. Therefore, technology should not become a hindrance to teaching. It should not be used as a way to impress different people. But ultimately, it is important for us to look at technology as a way that will help the most important person inside the classroom, which is our students. So I thank you um, for listening to my talk. Once again, I'm Alfonso Mogluba, and from East School Manila. After attending EduTech Philippines 2019, I guess looking back at the experience, it was quite interesting. Interesting in the sense that this being the first free EduTech conference in three years, a lot of people really grabbed the opportunity, which led to the cramped or long lines and the cramped venue as well. But other than the size of the people, there were a lot of booths that had a lot of tech in it. Um, there were some very interesting CPD or continuing professional development online courses that were available and at discounted rates for teachers to join in and comply with the PRC requirement for renewing their licenses. There were a lot of interactive whiteboards and um, screens as well, which was really fun to look at, but I didn't see myself using those kinds of technologies as well. On the other hand, attending different sessions, the breakout sessions at least, I found that there were a lot of speakers that I felt didn't know their topic too much or were there just to present themselves for the sake of presenting. There were some sessions I felt that I shouldn't have attended anymore because I wasn't picking up anything and they were just rambling on or boasting about their accomplishments or showcasing things that they've done that have no connection whatsoever to their talk. So maybe in the next EduTech conference, I'd, be, I'd probably be more discerning with the sessions that I'll be attending. But all in all, in terms of like getting speakers to present, it was quite smooth sailing. There were just some speakers who canceled at the last minute, but thankfully, um, there were still a lot of speakers who were available. And the key with the keynotes, it was always ongoing. So if you weren't in a breakout session, you would be in a keynote listening to somebody who's really inspiring and interesting. Their stories that they were sharing were also something that was worth emulating as well. I, on the other hand, really had fun presenting to such a large audience. I think this is the first time that 
I was able to present to this many people. And it was really a moment that I'm proud of because I was able to share something that I really believed I worked hard for. And it is also a story worth telling as well. So I hope that in my next EduTech Philippines conference, there will be more interesting stories to share and also more interesting people to meet. So thank you for joining the Teacher Forest podcast. I'm Alfonso Magubat signing out. Have a good day, everyone. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.